Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Completely Arbitrary, the podcast about trees and other such topics. Mm, that's right. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Alex Croson. I am Casey Clapp, a host adjacent. Casey Clapp. That's me, Alex uh, Croson, with a like a crow. Uh, mm-hmm. Had a male child. Yes, Clapp, like, but with two P's. It's it's good name. It's a good name. I forgot a letter. I appreciate that. Because uh, I I think uh, probably lots of places you go, people end up clapping for you. You know, they do, but usually it's like that quick, you know, like, like what's your name? Casey Clapp. Oh, huh, like, and then they clap, and I'm just like, yes, it's oh, exactly like that. They clap at you the way that you would clap at a dog that's going through the trash? <laughs> no, not quite like that. I don't think I've ever been chastised like, Casey, clap. No, come on, stop. Not quite like that. <laughs> All right. At least I assume that's how you would talk to a dog. But then again, I don't think I've ever been talked to as a dog before. I, now, I, <laughs> now I really got to think this through. I'm sure that there's somebody who's done it and been like, man, he completely missed that. You may like it. <laughs> I might. Yeah. I might be like, no, no, no. Talk to me like a dog. It makes me feel humble. Oh, man. How how are you? It's um. I think we're on the verge right now of a potential, again, we're going to timestamp this approximately in the future. Uh we're on the verge of a potentially wet, icy oh, yeah. weekend. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. That's right. Are you prepared? Are you going to be, did you, did you get uh, water, um, beans, toilet paper? I have all of those things. Oh, you know, well, I'm perfect. I'm pretty well stocked on TP. I got some a big bag of rice and I have lots of frozen meat. Do you have anything to flavor the rice with? Because you're going to kill yourself once you're like, all I have is white rice. All I, I, got, I got plenty of spices. All right, good. Lots of good salt. Um, <laughs> Lots of good salt. This is Himalayan salt. This is salt from the sea. I just have two types of salt. I scraped this off of my cheek after a run. <laughs> oh, Lord. It's delicious. Yum. Nothing like a flavoring with your own salt. Oh, man. We should cut this out, too. <laughs> this is a gross episode so far. <laughs> already. Uh, and I have, lots of frozen, I have lots of frozen meat. Did I already say that? Uh, probably not. Who knows? I say it twice every time I say it, too. I got lots of frozen meat. I got lots of frozen meat. (laughs) Did you just say that twice? Well, I needed to emphasize it. You sound like Casey Clapp saying (laughs) things twice like that. Get out of town. Casey, I think it's safe to say that you and I are in an odd mood tonight. Uh, Yeah, that's fair. I think this is a great mood, though. This is the kind of mood I like. Yeah. I'm a little tired, a little silly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Not too silly. But not not tired in like a go away, I hate you kind of way. No. Yeah, it's a a tired like, "Mm, I just got to 
feeling good, but if you ask me to go lift a car, I'm, mm. I'm going to pass. <laughs> yeah. I think I would always pass on lifting a car. What? That's my go-to when I'm like, I'm pumped, I'm energetic, I want to go like tip a truck. Unless there's a pregnant woman underneath it. <laughs> In which case. Then I will definitely help lift it. Isn't it the that, um, I think this is an anecdote that I heard, that it was like, it's not, if there's a pregnant woman yeah. underneath it, it's actually the the, mo- the mother herself, yeah. like, has that insane, like, serve my child's strength and can literally lift a car. Yeah, I just reversed it. I put the baby yeah. back in the mother. Oh, I see. I gotcha. That's how that works. There's a bunch of goop in my brain that I just kind of <laughs> talked out. Yeah. That's what we're doing right now. <laughs> Casey, how are you? <laughs> oh gosh, I'm good. I'm I'm good. I'm studying for a bunch of tests that I'm taking. Yeah, I um, work is going fine. This I the, there's a little bit more light outside all the time. I took some pictures. Like mm-hmm. that's just it's been a lovely a lovely weekend. I'm trying to think what I did this this weekend. You know what? On Sunday, I just chilled. That's I, great. I read a I read the book that I'm reading. I'm trying to finish it. What book are you reading? Uh, a People's History of the United States of America. Uh-huh. I think it's just the United States. Cool. It is, it's a thick book. It's good reading. Reckon, well, I'm not going to say good reading. It's required reading, I think, would be the way to go about mm. it. But man, I'm just, I need to get through it. It's like 680 some pages, and I'm just like slogging, trying to get it done. That's a That's a book. Yeah. See, I'm trying to read one book per month for the rest of my life. Whoa. Yeah. Well, on average. Sometimes I'll get behind. Hopefully that's many more months and many more (laughs) books. It's going to be a lot of books. Well, so far it's working out great. However, I think I've only read three this year since I last did it. So I actually did this when I was was just going to do it for 10 months. Mm. And then when the 10th month came, I think it was like May last year. And I was like, sick. I did it. Cool. You want to keep the party going. Yeah, exactly. Maybe not May. Maybe it was June. Mm. So, uh, yeah. So I I need to keep the party going now. That's cool. I'm but, currently reading uh, the the Martian Chronicles. The Martian Chronicles? I didn't know they could write. Ray Bradbury. What? Casey. What is that about? I don't know. Uh, it's like um, it's like a science fiction novel written in the fifties uh, about a bunch. Of, it's like a bunch of little uh, vignettes of uh, yeah. Earthlings coming to Mars, and that sounds nice. It's very charming and suspenseful. I like it a lot. That sounds wonderful. I really, I think I need to read more fiction. See, I, I, I was reading too much heavy stuff. Uh, and I was like, I just want to read something fun. A friend recommended this to me, Kyle Glenn. Hey, guy's great. He yeah. took a bunch of pictures for us. He's got music. Look him up. Yes, Kyle, Kyle J. Glenn took the photos of us that we have on our website and on our, our Instagram. And uh, he is a fantastic singer-songwriter. Look him up. Yeah, I think that sounds great. Look at this. We're we're going full circle. I love this. Yeah, I like a narrative circle. Yeah. I hope you're doing well as well. Yeah, I'm okay. Good. It's, um, what's it? It's February? Middle of February? It is the middle of February. Mm, bright. Yes, bright. I hope it snows this weekend. It's gonna. Yes! I, I, I don't know for sure, of course. Oh, I'm so excited. Casey, before we talk about this week's tree, All right. I have an announcement to make. You didn't tell me what this was going to be specifically, so this is this is pure suspense right now. No, yes. I'm shaking. All right, here it is. Announcement for you and all of our listeners. Originally, on our website, we have the... Casey is looking at me with the... Eyes are getting bigger I don't bigger. know how to describe it. <laughs> Sorry. On our website... No, I liked it. On our website, and I think in the description of our podcast, I... I wrote that, and I labeled... I think we wrote that together. I think I so, say. yeah. But I wrote myself as... A, I described myself as a tree skeptic. Mm-hmm. Now, Casey. Okay. I'm here to say, on our ninth episode of Completely Arbitrary... Yeah. 
I, Alex Croson, consider myself no longer a tree skeptic. What? I don't even know what to say right now. What, is, what does that make you? I like trees. Oh, my God. Well, this podcast is done. I started this whole entire thing just so that I could get you to like trees. Yeah. I've accomplished the objective. Oh, great. Well, yeah. let's, let's roll credits. Thank you, everybody, for Thank listening. Thank you so much, Subscribe honestly. Subscribe to our Patreon. I got so much more free time now. <laughs> <laughs> Subscribe to our Patreon just just because. <laughs> yeah. Alex, that's great to hear. Thanks. Yeah, I like uh, trees. Let's not stop the podcast. No, I, th- I say we keep it going. Maybe I'll even eventually love trees. This, Who knows? Hey, you know what? Like leads to love. Yes. I, I, went, to a, uh, I went to a plant sh- store. I couldn't decide whether to say shop or store. I think either one works. Store. I like store. Uh, called Solabee in Portland. Mm, yeah. And I was was just talking to the people working there, and I mentioned that, you know, I, I think I gave them a cone yeah. sticker, and I said, we have a, I have a podcast about trees. And I stood there and talked to this woman about trees, and I, like, had all these facts. And I was like... What? Yeah. Well, I mean, I know that, actually, I guess. I'm not surprised, <laughs> she, I guess. She... <laughs> She she asked me what some of my favorites were, and I said, the Don Redwood. And she was like, oh, it really doesn't grow out here. And I was like, well, actually. You know, and I went into this long story. I didn't even know who I was. I was unrecognizable to my own eyes. You blacked out, came back to, you're covered in needles. <laughs> I was found a week later rolling around naked in the forest. Oh, I could just that sounds like such a beautiful journey. Yeah, I'm no yeah. So I'm no longer a tree. Skeptic. I can't believe this. All right, we should edit the website. What what are we going to call you now? Mm, human man. Just a normal, just a normal tree person. Tree linking person. Well, this is great. Well, congratulations. Thank you, Casey. Welcome to the welcome to the arboretum. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Do I have I'm, to pay five bucks a month? <laughs> you do. Sorry. <laughs> All right. <laughs> And oh thank, you for sh- thank you for sh- sharing your knowledge with me. I feel like one of those Ologies fans now. Get out of here. All right. I'm just happy to be here. I'm happy you listened to me. I'm happy everyone else is, is, is doing this. I'm going to give them credit also because you got a lot of positive feedback. And everyone's like, Alex, thank you for asking all the questions that I don't know to oh, ask. Yeah. So honestly, I'm, I'm just, uh, I think it was all, it was within you this whole time. You know, this is one of those things where it's like, no. It was in you the whole time. I know now my true role is the voice of the idiot. (laughs) Ouch. Wow. Way to take a nice compliment and just throw it into the ground. Hey, it's one of my talents. Get out of here. All right. What tree are we doing today? Casey Clapp, today we are talking about our very first willow tree. (gasps) And this willow tree is the black willow. That's right. When you suggested black willow, I immediately was like, that's eh, a little too close to black walnut. Uh, it is, yeah. Well, but we, it's we really sh- not. We should just do color-themed uh, plants. There are plenty of them. Yeah, I think I can think of... A- yeah, all right. We can talk about we that. We don't have to dive into that now. No, that's going to be season three. That's an off-mic conversation. <laughs> that's right. Hold on. Let me mute. <laughs> um, we're talking about the black willow... Uh, uh, scientific name yeah. Salix nigra. That's right, and uh, that is the extent of my knowledge. <laughs> Again, Sibley Guide <laughs> for Trees. Oh, that's excellent! You did so well. Well, Casey, as we do every episode, mm-hmm. let's imagine that you and I mm-hmm. and Solo. We're t- we brought my dog. Yeah, our producer. Excuse me. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, he's like when mics are on, you gotta gotta give him credit. Uh huh. And we're walking through the forest. In let's see, we're gonna be in the Midwest or on the on the East Coast here. New Brunswick, New Brunswick, New Jersey. 
Is that where that is? <laughs> no, I believe that's a Canadian province. Oh. <laughs> if not a province, uh, we shouldn't start doing this geography thing. <laughs> and we're walking through this forest and we see a black willow and you go, you go, Alex, hush, look. And you, you cover my mouth with your hand, which is against COVID <laughs> well, regulations. I was like, Alex, we're six feet apart. <laughs> and we see a black willow. What are we looking at? Oh, right. Well, first off, you are looking at a willow. And most people, I think, really, really like willows. In fact, the, it's, it's, it's a tree that people recognize pretty often. Oh, sure. Like, you know, the weeping willow? Oh, yes. Right? The one from um, uh, Pocahontas. Uh, is that Mother Willow? Is that her name? Grandmother Willow. Oh, yeah. Something yeah. something or other. That's a, that's an old, that's a weeping willow tree, which, you know, not to, you know, get on Disney's case here, but the weeping willow is not actually native, so that's kind of a weird thing. We'll talk about that some other time. Okay. Regardless, if that was the native, a native willow tree in Pocahontas, it would be this, the black willow. So it grows in like moist lowland bottomland areas. They like to be next to streams and mm. creeks and rivers and things like that. Riparian areas is the term. Uh, one more time. Riparian areas. Riparian area. That's it. Right. Ri- you Ooh, you I know like- what we got to do? No, come on. Let's try it. All right. When, when, say it one, one more time for me clearly. Riparian area. Okay, six times. Ready? All right. Riparian area, riparian area, riparian area, riparian area, riparian area, riparian area. This sucks. Why do you always win? You did the last one. All right. I ended up editing it out, though. Thank God. Someone's going to be like, stop repeating things. I couldn't take the loss. I could. You're going to do this one, though, aren't you? This one's not going to get edited out. You're a bastard. Perfect record. Perfect record. Casey sucks. No. All right. So we're we're walking through still. All right. We're going to have to... Are you familiar with riparian areas, like what that means? Um, well, you said lowland, um, swampy, kind of wet places. Yeah, exactly. So I can imagine, like, you know, getting upset that my shoes are all muddy. That's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> if, it's, if there's water to your left and there's not water, kind of a little slight hill to your right. Yeah. When you're walking in that area where at any one point you could step in the water, uh-huh. that's a riparian area. I can imagine it perfectly. Yeah. So it's like terrestrial habitat that is 100% related to and connected to some wet uh, I guess it would be, there's another term, but basically water. Could is be a, a pond. A wetland? Is that a riparian area? So the riparian area is the, the terrestrial land that borders the wetland. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I, the easiest way to think about it would be a um, a very slow-moving stream or river. Mm. So the riparian area is that uh, the vegetation and the plants and the terrestrial things that grow right along the edge. I got you. Their roots go through the soil and maybe are in the water table, so they're just constantly Ooh, around water. Cool. But them, them, or the the stems and the actual where the plant is growing, that is on dry land. I got you. Okay, so I I got I understand that, and along these riparian areas. We will find something. Okay. Yeah, I just like I, I went to itch my face, and then I hit the the microphone, and then it caused all sorts of trouble. Yeah, it was a whole it was a whole ordeal. Yeah, I have a mustache, and it's it's tickling my nose. Oh, sorry. No good. Yeah, I'm gonna cut it off right now. Time for a shive. Get me my knife. <laughs> um, we're in a riparian area, and we see one of these beautiful black willows. Oh, they're gorgeous. And uh, tell me, tell me what I'm seeing. So it has what we call lanceolate leaves. Oh and, no! More. Yeah, there's another term. Sorry, his eyes are glassing over. Oh, he's a skeptic again. Lance, no, I lost him. Lance- lanceolate. <laughs> no, I'm here. I'm here. Okay, you're back. 
lanceolate. That's the term for a very long and skinny leaf. Ah, I recognize lanceolate from the black walnut. Yes. Well, well so, yeah. Those are of. leaf. Oh, wait. No, I'm mixing it up with something else. Yeah. You're, it's a, the, yes, you're thinking pinnately. I am thinking yeah, pinnately. Yeah, there we go. Elaliopathy. Wait, aren't aren't yeah. the black walnut leaflets also long and skinny like uh, that? They're they are, but they're not quite as long and quite as skinny. Okay. So imagine the same width, but like twice as long, three times as long. Whoa, interesting. Yeah. So they are, um, they're like maybe three quarters of an inch, or maybe what's that four four centimeters wide? Okay. And then maybe about five or six inches long. I don't know what that would be in. Centimeters. I just that was the end of it. I'm gonna go what is it, two point four times six? That's gonna be nope, six is too long. All right. Okay, we got it. (laughs) It's about five inches. You gave them enough time to Google. (laughs) Damn it, sorry. So it uh you're walking through and you're gonna first see this really kind of twisted, gnarly, grayish bark. It's gonna be very furrowed, very thick, um, grinding kind of look bark. It'll kind of stand mm-hmm. out because a lot of things that grow there, um, with, especially when they're smaller stemmed, they tend to be uh, like alders and they tend to be trees that don't have a whole lot of really rough bark. But this willow specifically has really big, thick, rough bark as it gets older. Okay. It tends to get really nice and gray and it has long, wispy branches and very feathery textured form uh, because its leaves are so long and skinny, they have a very wispy appearance to them. Yes. And they kind of hang, right? They do, yeah. Kind of... Very commonly. Yeah. Um, But not all the time. And this is kind of the fun thing. There are like 400 species of willow. Whoa. And almost a ridiculous amount of them are like they will interbreed and make hybrids. So there's a lot of like people who are like, you know what I'm going to do? My specialty is going to be figuring out all the different willows. And then they go up into the Arctic and they start finding a bunch of crazy different species. And then they find some that are intermediates and then they are the lumpers and the splitters and they can't decide how many species there are. So there's about 400. Wow. But there's just so many. And they all hybridize if they live close to each other most of the time. So they're su- super, super difficult to tell apart. You're right about the bark, by the way. The bark looks like it was, uh, it, it's made of clay and you just put your hands on it and like twisted it around. Yeah, right? Like, mashed it around. It's really cool looking bark. It is. And yeah. this is one of the biggest, if not, I've read actually the biggest species of willow in the world. It grows sometimes over 100 feet tall. Whoa. Yeah, which is massive. Like truly, truly massive. Yeah, that's huge. Especially you, for a willow. I was going to say, like, when I think of a really, 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 really tall tree. Yeah. I think of a, a, a you know a conifer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because those just shoot straight up, and they get there really fast. Especially the Douglas fir, mm, perfect tree. Yeah, so I, I would love to see a huge, huge willow. You hear that, people out there? Send them to us, because you know what? <laughs> I think I have not seen a willow that big. I've seen massive weeping willows, and those are um, a. I, they're again lumpers and splitters. What's the scientific name? But it used to be Salix babylonica is the weeping willow. Then it was Salix alba trista, and which is like the cultivar. And now they think it's just a hybrid between those two. Who knows? Well, if but those you, are huge. If you live near a huge willow, uh, add us on Instagram and then hashtag huge willow. Huge willow. Oh man, if we could get something to trend like that, what a dream! Yeah, super cool. <laughs> All right, so the last bit about these trees is that they have um, their alternately their buds and their leaves and their twigs are alternately arranged on their um, stem so they're not opposite from each other. Yes. And then they have uh, these little teeny tiny cups 
um, or little uh, like capsules that release these seeds. And a lot of times people will know the term pussy willow. And it's referring to a cat, to be very specific, because they have these little tiny, um, very like downy almost um, buds and flowers where they just look like these little tiny like almost um, rabbit's feet. You remember those little things? That you, oh, yeah. yeah. It was kind of like that. So they're just hmm. really short and they're at the end of all the twigs and a lot of them during the springtime, those are the flowers that really come out. Those are the catkins. They're what they're called. Catkins also yes. from a cat? I don't know, actually. That's a good question. I don't think so because catkins are just like a bunch of flowers that are arranged around a central axis that usually hang down. So okay. they, they just look like really long kind of tubes, and each one of those has like a bunch of flowers on it. They do to me look like a cat tail. Yeah, they kind of do. Yeah, very or similar. Or like a cat tail. Yeah. There's a know. lot of cat references, it turns out. Me, yeah. Oh, Alex. Oh, oh, Solo's getting mad. He's getting agitated. Oh, he doesn't like the cat no, talk. he doesn't like it. He Sorry. He says, more dog talk. He wants us to cover the dogwood. <laughs> Man, yes, he does. This, this producer is just really, really busting our chops here. And licking his. He's a sweet boy. He really is. So okay, sorry. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, now dog. now we're just focusing on dogs. <laughs> Let's just watch solo for a few minutes here. <laughs> it's gonna be perfect. Everyone loves that kind of radio. And I'm not editing it out. <laughs> this is visual radio. <laughs> Please continue. So. You are walking through. You're going to know that it's a willow because it's going to have most of the time these long skinny leaves, especially this um, the black willow. Okay. You're also going to be in the eastern United States, almost the entire, like from the Mississippi all the way over to the coast, to the east, and to the top of the continent, all the way down to the bottom. Right. But I should warn you, there are a bunch of willows. So at any point, you could be seeing a different willow. Right. And they can be hard to tell apart, but I always encourage to find the regional information for this because some, like the weeping willow, they're really obvious. They have these big, long, twisting stems and these big mop heads that just drop down mm-hmm. really yellow twigs. Easy, super common, planted always planted whereas you do have these random willows like the black willow we have a bunch of willows over here all over the place and they all just grow with these really small usually shrubby kind of half tree half not tree shapes Hmm. and in any one given place there could be five or ten species like within a couple you know acres so because there are so many species of willows if you think you're looking at a black willow and you and you're like me who doesn't know shit (laughs) you might be actually looking at a crack willow yeah or a peach leaf willow or Or a white willow yeah but that's the thing is that this is the biggest native one so most likely it's going to be this or i think the peach leaf willow over in the east is another good sized one okay but yeah so other than that the willow is it's just such a stellar tree in in the sense that it it's beautiful and it's it's really romantic romanticized Mm. like there's um there's it's it's all over history all over culture all over the place lots of literature talk about willows uh oh casey is uh, what? Very astutely opening a book. I just put on my spectacles. Wow. I... He's in professor mode. I wanted to share with you, Alex, if I could. Yes? One poem that oh. I read. Because I figured if we are going to talk about willow trees, oh boy. we should have some literature about the willow tree. Okay. <clears throat> this is from Huan C. 1007 to 1072 it is printed in leaves in myth magic and medicine by alice toms vitale a very old poem yes let's hear it the leaf on the water 
The wind tears a leaf from the willow tree. It falls lightly upon the water, and the waves carry it away. Time has gradually effaced a memory from my heart. And I watch the willow leaf drifting away on the waves. Since I have forgotten her whom I love, I dream the day through in sadness, lying at the water's edge. But the willow leaf floated back under the tree, and it seemed to me that the memory could never be affected from my heart. <gasps> Affaced from my heart. <laughs> Damn it. I just ruined that whole poem. Swish. <laughs> Oh, isn't that beautiful? That is beautiful. That was a very nice poem. This is the description uh, that she had provided. She said, in this translation of an old poem, the author, Huan Si, shows his sensitive observation of a willow leaf as it reflects, and in this case, or I'm sorry, as it reflects in this case, the ever reoccurring sorrow of a young man disappointed in love. Oh God! I, no, I didn't want to. I didn't want to preface it with that. Uh, it's a little <laughs> too close to home, it's Casey. A, it's a sad poem. <laughs> so there's the the cool thing about willows, which is really a, a big thing I wanted to talk about, and this hmm. is why I brought a book that I have, which is about myth, magic, and medicine, is the willow tree. Broadly speaking, but this tree very specifically because a it's very common and a and b it's very big, so you can find it all over the place. Okay. So it's um, a good resource. It's a good resource, yeah. And it has historically been a resource for people for millennia. In terms of the willow, I like the willow a lot for two reasons. First, it is extremely useful to humans in a fantastic way. Okay. And B, it's super useful for all the other animals and things in the entire world. Even better. Even better. I'm so excited to hear why and how. So let's start with the let's start with the the rest of the world. Okay. Just so we can bring it back down. I don't want to focus on humans too much. Okay. After all, this is a tree podcast, right? That's right. It's not a human podcast. Exactly. What's... No humans involved. None. Thanks. Casey and I are both robots. You're not supposed to tell them that. <laughs> delete, delete, delete. Our big secret. <laughs> so, <laughs> I thought that was funny. Thanks. The black willow mm -hmm. is a tree, and willows more generally, that have a compound that grows inside of their bark the inner bark okay it is called salicin 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 which is s-a-l-i-c-i-n i believe so is that that's the inner bark does that mean it's like in the cambium exactly that's exactly right yeah cool look at you you <laughs> so damn straight proud of myself <laughs> you got that yeah, that was great i thought that was perfect you couldn't see listeners but i closed my eyes and nodded my head like <laughs> a <was> cool dude <laughs> It was real cool. He almost lit a cigarette and put it out on my cheek. <laughs> yeah. Damn it. Like I really nailed something. <laughs> so you got it right. <laughs> Thanks. That's exactly it. So okay. from the in the inner bark of this uh, of the willow, they had this compound called salicin. As soon as you ingest it and you like break it, it kind of splits into two different compounds. One's glucose, and we just mm. uh, turn that into you know sugar and we absorb it. No, no big deal. Right. The other one turns into salicylic acid. Ooh. 
Have you ever heard of salicylic acid before? I absolutely have. <gasps> what did you hear about it? I've heard the word before. Oh, that's great. Perfect. So what is... It's a great start. What does it mean? What is it? What does it do? It is an organic acid compound or an organic compound that comes from, obviously, initially the inner bark of willow trees. Mm-hmm. And it does two things. One, it's very well known as an acne treatment. Really? Yeah. Turns out, if you help put it on, it helps ex- or, uh, exfoliate skin and makes it uh, opens pores and things like that. That might be the context under which I've I've heard of it. Oh yeah, I mean middle high school, middle school, high school. I definitely heard of it. It's <laughs> like, give me all that acid. I need that. Salicylic, you said? Yeah, salicylic. Okay. Of course, salicylic coming from the scientific name for willow, salix. Oh, lovely. Exactly. I love a good connection. Right? And it used to be, I think I read that it had come from, A, that's what the Romans called it in Latin, salix uh-huh. or salix, but that apparently came from uh, the Gaelic sal and lis, which means by the water. Love it. It, it all comes back, you know, somewhere. So what is the second uh, property of salicylic? The second one acid. is multiple. And this is what's really fun. So when people are reading through it, and they're trying to say like, okay, you know, in history, what did people's, uh, you know, use this, you know, the willow or willow bark for? And it was used for things from stopping bleeding, reducing and breaking fevers, soothed mm. aches and pains, cured dysentery, treated eczema and gangrene, helped with pain from rheumatism and gout. Wow. So everyone's like, well, why, what is this? And, um... Indigenous people in the eastern United States, they mm-hmm. used to always, like this was a very common practice, they would collect all a bunch of twigs, they would boil it, and they'd turn it into a poultice, and they'd like rub it on teeth when they had a sore tooth or something wow. like that, and it would stop the pain. So some enterprising people in the late 1800s, mid-1800s, started kind of trying to figure out what exactly is going on here. And this is also, I, I shouldn't say, this is not just um, limited to the United States. People in uh, use this in Greece, they used it in China, like it's all over over the hmm. place wherever the willow grows people found this on uh, their own sure and it turns out that salicylic acid is what we call today or the derivative of it aspirin wow there you go okay so, so we we synthesized salicylic acid into a little pill that exactly. you take twice a day to help with aches and pains and everything else it like lowers your blood pressure it keeps your um like it helps keep your heart going the right way you know aspirin has been i when i was looking looking through things and doing some research they're like literally it's the first wonder drug where Mm. all of a sudden you could do like i named all those things and those are all from different cultures across the world yeah and they all used it for all these different things all independently figured it out and it is just like this perfect thing that doesn't cause like all these wacky side effects. And I think the United Nations says, you know, this is one of the most fundamentally important uh, medications that any developing or, you know, any any country, any place that needs like, okay, what's the base, most basic thing you need in your healthcare system. Yeah. And it's like uh, aspirin. You should have aspirin. Interesting. Yeah. So it's one of the most important things just for human health. Wow. Way, Period. To, way to go Black Willow. Right. And it just, it, they grow it in the bark. And so the, the question is, well, why is the tree put it in the bark? And most Ooh. likely, sadly, there's not a really good answer. I couldn't oh, no. find someone that's like, oh, well, if you take it away, it does this or it does that. Yeah. Not really sure. Okay. But a lot of things in the Willow family have it. Poplars do. 
So cottonwoods and poplar trees, uh, they have it in there. Spirea apparently has a little bit, which I find curious because these are all plants that grow generally in wetter wetland riparian areas. Hmm. Coincidence? I don't know. I wonder what the the connection is there. I'm not sure. The only thing usually with these kinds of like compounds you have in leaves, like nicotine, neem, like these things, Uh usually they have some inhibitive process for insects or um, some attack by some oh. some negative aggressor. Okay. Yeah, so you imagine like nicotine, for instance. Insects don't eat nicotine plants because they taste terrible and it causes all these different things for the insect. So like neonicotinoids, that's a um, specific class of insecticides that we use and like they'll kill bees like nobody's business. Like mm. they're super, super bad. And if any, no matter where you are in the world, everyone... Get rid of those. Vote against those. They're so they're so awful because they kill so well all these different insects. Yeah, and obviously the trees produce it. It's a natural, you know. I say natural because now we, you know, synthesize it like crazy. Right. But all these other compounds they were produced inside the plants, most likely as a defense mechanism against something. Whether okay. it's a, you know some herbivore or some insect boring into it, who knows? So it's possible that the black willow was being preyed on. By something, yeah, and created this thing that that thing didn't like. Exactly, potentially. I'm not saying that that's the case. Like I said, seventy percent of the facts are relatively true in this podcast. That's right. So I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to start getting up to seventy-one or seventy-two <laughs> percent. Let's keep this mellow. But it's a that's a possibility because most of the time when you find these kinds of compounds, they tend to be some kind of defense mechanism for the plant itself. Sure. So you always have to think about it. It's like, well, the plant doesn't need necessarily a pain reliever, but maybe if it causes weird sensations for some other plant or some other animal, and they're just like, whoa, I, hmm, my mouth is numb. I don't want to eat this anymore. Yeah. You know, who knows? Okay. You know who could use a compound like that? Tell me. The lodgepole pine. Oh, why? Oh, because it gets a lot of- uh, Because of the bark beetles. Yeah, beetle hole fungus. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you're totally right. It has, well, you know, it tries to do it with turpentine, but man, I guess beetles just don't care. Wow. Yeah. Nasty buggers. So aside from it having, you know, these properties that are great for humans. Right. The willow is the quintessential plant for wetland rehabilitation and restoration. Interesting. Yeah. Please tell us why. So you can take a willow and you can just cut a bunch of twigs off of it. Like go, just go find a tree, but one of these black willows grown somewhere, go cut off a branch, cut it into a bunch of little tiny like sticks. So you just have, you know, a bunch of little whips or what they're called, where Mm. it's literally just the last foot and a half of of a twig or something. Okay. Stick that in the ground and keep it well watered. It will sprout roots, it will start a new tree, and it will grow into a bunch of new trees. No kidding? Easy as that. Is that is that unique among willows? Um, not, there's a couple other trees that do that, but willows are just known. Like It's it's almost like you set a branch down, and you, even, you put just a little bit of dirt and some water next yeah. to it, and it'll pop roots out and start growing again. That's incredible. I've seen several that have completely fallen, just fallen over, tipped over, and then they just regrow straight from wow. there. Wow. Yeah. So everything else around that's, you know, in, or that's open to the air starts to decay, but anything that can still live, just like, well, I'm just going to keep going. New roots, new shoots. Why not? New roots, new shoes. What's up? All right. I feel like that everyone needs to start doing that during like New Year's. You know what? Last year was complete shit show. So it's just new roots, new shoots, moving to Denver. We are starting this trend now. Yeah. And I want 
I want all of our fungal associates to use this from now on because I sure as heck am. That's what I'm talking about, Alex. When somebody's like, uh, man, I'm so sorry about this thing that happened to you. I'm going to be like, you know what? New roots, new shoes. <laughs> that would be so clever. Moving on. Moving on. That's it. Hashtags. I'm just going to, I'm going to willow out. <laughs> I'm going new roots, new shoots. You can't stop me. <laughs> also, I'm, I'm a little bit numb. I've been taking a lot of painkillers. <laughs> Too much aspirin. Yeah, aspirin specifically. Um, Please don't take any other painkillers. So there, there, yes, God, there's a there's a awful pandemic happening. That's true. Uh, not the viral pandemic. That's too many. I'm talking about, I guess, epidemic is the one. Oh, for, yes, I think that's right. We don't need to talk about uh, heroin. No, happies. <laughs> okay, so... It's the black willow is especially powerful when it comes to rehabilitation of the wetlands. Yeah, um, because it just will grow wherever the heck it pleases. Mm-hmm. If a branch falls down, so is this done purposefully by humans? No. Well, yes, often. Like, okay. We would use it because also it's a great. Usually, wetlands are the ones that we're trying to rehabilitate. That's yeah. the land, and so yeah. But also, they grow on upland areas, and so if you're just like, well, we need a bunch of trees to be planted here. What's the easiest, quickest thing we can do? We can literally plant quarter inch sticks in the ground, and uh-huh. then next year we'll have trees. Second thing, they have a really thick fibrous root system, so that holds soil in place amazingly well. So they are not only extremely good at just growing, but they're extremely good at keeping things in place so that other things can grow. So they hold the soil into place. Okay. Or in place. Does this make sense? I think so, but keep okay. going. Well, perfect. Are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> all right. You're, uh, you're, you have a furrowed brow I just right had to, now. my brain had to catch up for oh, a second. all right. We're good. As, as is often the case, Casey. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Sorry. No, it's not you. It's my... I'm not going to insult myself. Thank you. I'm trying my hardest. You're a great person. <laughs> so you have the uh, these new little groves of trees where you have just these tiny little willow sticks. They start growing. They put down new roots, new shoots. They grow into a new small little tree. Okay. Those roots become very fibrous. And instead of being like big thick roots that kind of come out, they have just a big mat of really tiny roots that just holds everything in place. I almost imagine like hair. Yes, yeah. Just like fur that just shoots out of these roots. That is kind of like it. Okay. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense that way. Yeah. And so then the last thing is they are just completely terrible at compartmentalizing. Aww. So it's, but don't don't say that because they don't really care. They'll fall over and just keep growing. Oh, sure. They don't need to be good at compartmentalizing. Yeah. They focus all their energy on growing and maturing and putting out new seeds and living. But because they live on these riparian areas, if a flood comes through, they're the first ones to go because they're going to get hit by all these logs oh, coming no. down by all the water and then they're going to rip off their main stem it's going to go down into the ocean their roots really big and tough and fibrous keeps all that soil into place so as the water rushes by it doesn't completely erode away the storm or the banks because these willows have over years and years and there's other trees involved don't get me wrong but we're talking specifically black we're talking willow specifically black willow right. here it is one of the trees that does that super super well wow so it holds everything into place it all the water comes through it just starts growing back. Now, if this is a lake or a pond or something that's a little more, that um, doesn't move as much as a river or a stream, uh-huh. then over time, those willows, those big, gigantic 80-foot willows are going to fall into the water, and they're going to start decaying in the water, or they'll just sit on top, and sometimes they'll send out little roots into the water and then put up new branches. Wow. They just keep going. But that is the best habitat. That's where... 
fish will chill underneath. Turtles get up on top of that and they sun themselves. Yeah. Then you have um, the little fibrous things that are in water. That's where tadpoles and salamanders and newts will put all their eggs onto that. If you have any amount of um, algae, that's what tadpoles and all these other little um, invertebrates eat. Yeah. So the fact that willows grow and they hold everything in place, they grow up, they fall over, they die, they start growing again, they keep the cycle going and they are like this really fundamental um, ecosystem builder. And that is like, it's, they're, they're just, and they just keep doing it. And there's hundreds and hundreds of species. They do this from the tropics all the way up through into um, like the highest alpine tundra. Wow. Yeah. That just warms my heart. They're great trees. Now, I will say the black, um, the black willow does not necessarily grow in all those places, but oh, a, no, no, no. a yeah. willow does. Yeah. I got you. Yeah, I understood. Yeah. All right, perfect. Casey, I think this is about the perfect time. It feels like it, doesn't it? To plunge into our view. And as a resident expert, we will begin with you. All right. All right. All right. So, oh, and let me recap. Oh, tell us. What, 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 are, we, <laughs> what are we doing here? Bring us back. For new listeners, uh, every episode we rate the tree in question on a scale of 0 to 10 golden cones of honor. Highly coveted, kept in a safe under the floor. Yeah. Casey, do you know those those um, those trucks that drive around and go to banks with like the armed guards full of cones? That's how we get them delivered. Yeah, yeah. Casey, as our resident expert, we will begin with you. Your review on the black willow. All right, all right. So the black willow. This is a tree that I. It's one of actually, Alex. I have to say, this is this is one that you always say like I've never seen that, and I'm like, yes, you probably have. You right. just didn't know it. This is one of those trees for me. Oh. I cannot think, and I have, trust me, racked my brain. I do not, I cannot think of a perfect or a moment where someone's like, this is a black willow. Are you kidding? I'm not kidding. No. Wow. I was looking it up. I know I've been in wetlands all over the United States. This is a rarity. Yeah. I I actually one time got poison sumac in a wetland. It was the worst day of my, no, it's the worst week of my life. Oh God, that was awful. Jesus. Anyway, I guarantee if I just didn't touch that tree, then I would have touched a black willow. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. But I have seen so many pictures. I actually talked a little bit about this at a conference one time because they specifically like, well, we need help figuring out the willows. And I was like, all right, I'll help you. Then I started looking through the willows over there. And I was like, I can't help with this. I can wow. just tell you the willows. These are, you're going to need to do this on your own. It was a lot. Fascinating. Yeah. But so this is, um, I, this is actually a little bit of a, uh, it actually kind of threw me. And I, I didn't even think about it. I'll get, to, I'll cut to the chase. Okay. Oregon, specifically the Pacific Northwest, we have, if it grows here natively, we probably have the biggest species of it. Oh, okay. So if there is uh, our native um, oak, I think is the biggest of all the oaks in the entire world. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna promise you that. The Oregon white oak. The Oregon white oak. I'm pretty positive. For more information on the Oregon white oak, please consult <laughs> completely arbitrary episode two, where we don't talk about how tall it is compared to everything else. No. Uh, but so like we have, you know, the biggest species of fir, the biggest species of pine, the biggest maple, you know, all these different things. Okay. The biggest willow in the world is the black willow. 
Wow. It's, it's an Eastern species. We, we don't get that one. We don't got none of them. We don't got none of them. Okay, interesting. So there's that. I also adore the fact that it is such a feathery, boa-like plant. Yeah. I just love when you walk underneath it, you're just like, oh, this is so fun. I almost want to just like, oh, put your hand up and like <laughs> rustle its hair. Play with bit. it like a cat with a, one, of those, one of those bouncy toys. It's exactly it. Yeah. yeah. So in this case, um, I think the willow, it, this willow is super great. However, I need to put another hat on and note, I also really like trees that have a... Um, I don't know, a grandeur to them. Mm. Like the weeping willow, everyone loves it. Like, did I tell you already that most people think this is like their favorite tree, like the willow period? Right. So if everyone, and I think, are all thinking of the weeping willow. Because Probably. I'm like, well, I've seen some willows that you would not recognize as willows that are just this massive clump of sprouts that have been growing in a slough for 40 years. I see. You so, like a tree with some. Uh, you like a tree with some drama. Yeah, I want it to be. I want. I want that tree to. I, I want to turn a corner and have that tree be like, wham. Yeah, you know, to take your breath away. Yeah, exactly. So willows, though they are another workhorse plant, they just they don't take my breath away most yeah. of the time. I think this one will if I get the opportunity, and I know all the people on the East Coast are going to be like, "Well, you're giving it a negative review," which I'm not. I'm just giving both sides. Okay. Because I haven't seen it, you know, and I feel bad. I feel bad for saying it. Don't feel bad. All right. Okay. We all I'm have. Feel bad. You have plenty of other tree experiences. That makes that makes me feel good. All right. So I'm giving this a seven point seven. Uh, Golden Cones of Honor. That's a very solid score. It's a that's a solid tree, and I think the most like the things that really push it up higher. There's a couple other willows. If we cover some some less than tall tree willows, they're going to get pretty low rating just because you know they're not that fun. They scraped me when I try to walk by them. Um. But this one and willows in general, this maybe this is just the first, so it gets you know it gets all the credit for everything. Sure, willows as a as a as a medicinal plant that is so cross culturally renowned for doing all these cool things. Yeah, and then you take people out of the equation, and they are cross ecologically renowned for doing all these really cool things it's like well it's 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 a tree that just has it all it's made friends with everybody and everybody loves it cool so other than the fact that you can't really plant one on the street and have this big glorious shade tree that's really that's where i'm going to take it away and then also i have to remember you know it's, it's i want the tallest tree <laughs> a little a little uh a little dig there a little Oregon elitism. That's right. <laughs> I only like the Scowler's Willow. Not enough of that in this podcast. <laughs> Sorry, I should take that away. <laughs> All right. That's what I say. 7.7. 7.7 Golden Cones of Honor That's for the right. Black Willow from Casey Clapp. That's it. A fine score. What do you think, Alex? All right. I'm going to... I'm going to come out the gate with an 8.2. Wow. Right off the... Right out of the out of the gate. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I got to practice active listening. <laughs> you and me both, guy. 8.2 Golden Cones of Honor for the Black Willow. All right. And I'll tell you all the things I love about it. I'm going to count them. One, that it is was and is used for medicinal purposes. Mm-hmm. I think that's fantastic. I love a tree. And this is a little bit of a, a little bit of a humanist perspective. And some people might roll their eyes at this. Roll away. I love a tree that gives something back to humans. Oh, right. I think that's fair. Part of what I liked about the black walnut was that it gave us delicious nuts, mm-hmm. which no, those weren't black walnuts we ate on air. Those yes. were English walnuts. I want to note 
to everybody <laughs> in no way. Okay, so we thought about this. I there's yeah, no we talked about it. No, there's no detail that I miss. I just allow them because I'm like, well, I'm not repeating that again. <laughs> <laughs> we allow them, I should say. But we did not at one time ever say we are eating candied black, black walnuts. walnuts. We just said walnuts. Yeah. Also because I looked and the the bag just said contains walnuts. So honestly, they could be any kind of walnut. Who knows? Uh, Who yeah. Knows? People noticed, Casey. <laughs> I know. And they let us know about it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, I like that it gives something back to humans. I think that's really sweet. It doesn't have to do that. Yeah. Um, I like that it is so, uh, that it's a hard worker. You knock a limb off and it's it says, you know what? New roots, new shoots, baby. There he is. That's peace. I could compartmentalize and and <laughs> and complain about this loss of limb, but instead I'm gonna start anew and we're gonna keep moving forward. That's beautiful. That is exactly right. I think that's fantastic. Three. I love what you said about the root system and how it holds the soil for mm. when there's a big ass flood that yeah. brushes everything away and those roots stay there and they keep everything running. Stabilizers. Willows, just like a fan, like the, well, the black will, I, I, the more I talk about it, the more I'm like 8.2. I think eight, I'm going to, I'm going to just, <gasps> I bumped myself up a 10th of a, a cone. I can't believe that. 8.3. Uh, We're going to have to call the armored truck back. Yes. Bring the truck back. All right. As they say. Bring the truck back. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it's a fine tree. I'd love to see one IRL. Yeah. Please, people, send us some photos. If you can see one, I, I want to see these glorious 100-foot tall willows. Yeah. Hashtag black willow. Hashtag huge willow. Uh, hashtag new roots, new shoots. Hashtag no more hashtags for the rest of this podcast. Aw. Alex, I, someone's got to reel you in. <laughs> I go on right, hashtag crazy. Go, yeah, I got to go listen to my CDs and my bike hashtag crazy god damn it that was our review of the black willow I... the uh salix nigra that's the one well done black willow a well solid done. a solid score all around it's pretty good yeah that's a good average there casey it's time for a game what we're gonna play a game that was surprisingly well loved by our listeners. Oh my god! I already know what game this is. I'm so excited. I truly didn't see that one coming. I just uh, threw a bottle cap. Yeah, you I'm know when so you uh, excited. You know when you go to like place something down and you really fumble it and it like flies across the room. <laughs> That's what just happened with Casey in this bottle yeah, cap. Did. It did. Cl- it clung onto my my thumb or my finger and it just bungled the yeah, whole situation. It shot almost seven feet away. <laughs> that was a good arc. Yeah. A little bit of revisionist uh, history. Yeah, that's right. The arc was 16 feet tall. (laughs) Casey, we are going to play a game called, that I've now officially named, it's not a super creative name, maybe we'll name it differently every time we play it, this time it's called Buy No Meal. (gasps) Yay! I, Casey Clapp, (laughs) my name's not Casey Clapp. That doesn't make any sense. I, Alex Croson, will give you, Casey Clapp, the Latin uh, scientific name for a Mm. species of tree. Okay. You will then, to your best ability, which is pretty darn good. Well, we'll see. I only got uh, 8 out of 12 the last time. That's true. You'll give me the common name for that species. Yes. And then for each point you earn, uh, that will equate to something else. Okay. And we still haven't figured out what that's going to be. It's going to be a prize. Maybe I'll give you a rating of (gasps) Golden Cones of Honor. Oh my gosh. Right now I'm, I'm, what, 66%? Oh, that's... That's well, low. your grandfather didn't for 10 out of 10 because you're a good dude. Oh, gosh. Thanks so much. Mm, 60 seconds on the clock. 60 seconds on the clock. 
Oh, I'm so nervous. We begin now. Quercus poly- polymorpha. Polymorpha? That's an oak of some kind. Uh-huh. But uh, polymorpha, that means more than one morph? I don't know. Is that a tree? Mexican white oak. Damn it. Gymnocladus, gymnocladus mm, mm. dioicus. That's a Kentucky coffee tree. Gymnocladus dioica. Abius. Dioicus. Lowiana? Lowiana. That's the... Uh, um, it's a fur, Abies, Lauriana, Lauriana. It's, hold on, it comes from the, it's, it's California, right? Oh, uh, is it the Southern White Fur? Sierra White Fur. Oh, what's the difference? Prosopi, Prosopis pubescensis, pubescens, 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 oh, Jesus, Prosopis, Prosopis pubescens. Oh my god, I have no idea. Acacia. It's some kind of acacia. It's in the it's in the the pea family. Scrubine mesquite. What? Yeah, okay, mesquite, that counts. Prubis right. avium. Prunus oh, avium. Yeah, avium. avium. Okay, with the V. Prunus yeah. avium. Prunus avium. That's the bird cherry or the myrobian no, not myrobian. Bird cherry. Mazard cherry. Well, that's the same thing. Amel Amelanch Amelanchier sanguine. Nice. Amelanchier sanguine. That mm-hmm. is the Oh, now that I say it so confidently, um, service berry. It's a service berry. What's the sec? What's the second one again? This sanguine. Sanguine. Ooh, I don't know what kind of service berry that is, but I'm gonna say it's the eastern service berry. Red twigged. Damn it. Tilia. Pet. Uh, petiolaris. Petiolaris. All right. So tilia. That's um. That's the lindens. Um, but I don't know petiolaris, so I'm gonna go. It's the uh, southern linden. Close, silver linden. Silver, what? Say that one again. Pale til, tilia, pet, tilia, 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 petiolaris. Petiolaris? Dang it. Ace, oh, asu, <laughs> asulus, asculus, hippocastanum. That is the European horse chestnut, Aeschylus hippocastanum. Correct. Yes, I got one. That's all we got. Fuck. I did so poorly on oh, that. Oh, my face is warm. My face is warm, too, because I'm so nervous. And then all of a sudden you start saying things that I didn't know, and I'm like, I suck. I really no stumped you. No one's going to give me any credit. I'm going to lose it all. We can't do this game again. <laughs> we can only do, like, I, I'm just going to write a big list of tree names that I know because oh. I write it, and then I'll let you <laughs> you ask me. Those are against the game show no. rules, my friend. Oh, You're man. saying this is the thing that's going to kill your career? Yeah. Is the binomial game? Credit, man. Yeah. you got to like, so not worth it. But you're right. That's why we can't play this game again. This is my whole career. But it's only one of two we've thought of, Casey. <laughs> you're right. We can't throw it away now. If you have any uh, ideas for games that we could play, hashtag a game you could play. <laughs> Let's get Casey. Let's see. Yeah, get me more practiced here. Oh, God. You know, I was looking forward to so many of those when you'd say, like, you'd struggle through a name, and then I'd be like, I know exactly what that name is. And then you would end it with one that I didn't recognize, and I panicked. Oh, I'm God. very sorry to let you down. I, I, you know, I let myself down, Alex. Don't take it too personally. Oh, this is personal. I'm gonna, I'm gonna march right over to that Sibley guy and rip it to shreds. Oh no, not right. my Sibley. All right, I'll go do my own. Get oh, your... I'm gonna study that now. That's gonna. This is, I, I should be studying for other things. I'm gonna study for this. Uh, absolutely, you should not. All right. I'll give you one, uh, one tip though. Okay. What am I doing, giving you tips <laughs> yeah, on? Yeah. Listen, kid. Here's what you need to know. <laughs> the. Uh, <laughs> 
just something I noticed that Amel Amelanchier, mm, Amelanchier, Amelanchier, yeah, Sanguina, mm-hmm. uh, Sanguina is of course uh, blood. Blood oh. is red. It's the red twigged serviceberry. You are kidding me. Oh. I didn't know that. Yeah, sanguine. Sanguine. That's red. Uh, sanguine has as blood related. I did not know that. Yeah, Alex, you're teaching me so many things about spe- that. That is a that's a Latin term that comes. That's amazing. <laughs> I can't like you're. Wow. So, I'm stunned right now because Thanks. you've always been like I don't know anything about anything. You just I you just see this is how I'm going to lose my career. Is you're going to all of a sudden be like Casey? Listen, it's it means red. <laughs> Get out of here. My plan is working. <laughs> Great job, Alex. That's it's that that is how you remember scientific names. You yeah. like it's like learning another language. You learn what that word means, and then it helps figure out and define what it is you're looking at in the tree. This is why I love etymology so much. Exactly because you make these little connections, and it like strengthens the memory of that connection. Exactly, it's little synapses in your brain that instead of being one, there's thousands that are connected. Right. Great I'll, work. Thank you, Casey. Yeah. Wow, that was such a nice reaction to my little my little uh does great pointed outness. <laughs> All right, case, let's move on to our completely arbitrary Q and A. All right. What is our question from whom does it come? From whom asks the question? Oh, I've got the question here. Okay. Casey, this week our question is from at Allison Carly on Instagram. Hi, Allison. Hi, Allison. Allison asks, do different bark types serve different purposes, i.e. defense mechanisms? A great question. A great question. Tell us all about it, Casey. All right. Different types of bark, what purposes do they serve? Boom. Okay, so there are lots of different kinds of bark. And some bark is specialized, where you actually, you have like, um, you live in a certain place that has a certain thing, and your bark develops over time to have these certain characteristics, right? Mm-hmm. The perfect example would be the ponderosa pine or another um, really thick furrowed bark like the giant sequoia where their bark is really, really thick and it has developed in a way that is fire resistant. Okay. Um, So the giant sequoia, for instance, has bark that's extremely thick and very fibrous and uh, resistant to fire. It just does not catch fire very well. So the bark on, say, ponderosa pine, it also is a uh, fire-adapted species, and their bark, just like a lot of different pine species, has these little teeny tiny puzzle pieces that kind of are all over it. Interesting. And you can even like flick them off and just like pop them off, like um, just like little—they're almost like little, like stuck on with a little bit of glue, and you just pull them a little bit, and they just kind of go. Blip. Yeah, you know what they're like is what? uh, keys on a keyboard. Oh, you like mean a like computer keyboard? In terms of their like um, like reaction, you, you well, know? you can kind of like pop a key off. Oh you yeah, know? yeah, it's kind of like that. I yeah. see what you're saying. Yeah, you go. I I don't get into my computer boards that that much. So this is my area. Yes, you're a pro. Well, it, you're you're not you're not wrong at all. It's exactly the idea. It just pops off, and the entire idea is that if there's a fire coming through, then this bark will get really hot, and it'll kind of bend, and it'll pop itself off. Okay. And then if that bark is on fire, it all of a sudden falls off. Oh, and it's saving the rest of the tree from the fire. Yeah, exactly. And so it basically doesn't allow the fire to just walk straight up the, the side of the thing, and they just kind of start flaking off over time. So, what about a tree that has like a paper-like bark? What is that? Yeah. Why? Why does that? So what's up with that? I've heard a lot of different ideas about this, and okay. I don't I don't know for sure. So I really should. Um, um, it's been something that I've been meaning to look up for years. Okay. Where um, the madrone is a species of tree that almost has it does not 
hold on to its bark. But we should take one quick step back. Oh. Bark is created by the tree on the outside of the cambium layer. So the cambium layer on the inside grows new wood and new um, new phloem. The vascular system That's of the tree. exactly right. Well, on the very outside of the cambium is the cork cambium, which is another layer that just creates the bark. Interesting. And that cork cambium um, basically produces new layers of bark every single year. Oh, cool. Some trees will hold on to that bark, and it stays connected to the old year's bark. So then you get, you know, each year it gets a little thicker, a little thicker, a little thicker, a little thicker. Okay. And then as a tree expands, because remember, it's also growing from the inside, right, on the opposite side from the cork cambium. Yes. So as it's growing, you literally have a new cylinder growing on the out, on the inside of the old cylinder that needs to be bigger than the old cylinder. Does that make sense? Say that one more time. So you have a cylinder, a tree, right? The yes. bark or the wood with the bark on the outside. Uh-huh. Inside the bark cylinder, there's another cylinder that is going to grow that needs to be bigger because it's growing. Okay. So you basically have the underneath the bark, it expands out one, you know, one ring every single year. The cork cambium. Exactly, yeah. Okay. But so as it's expanding out and it's ripping itself, you constantly get new new layers. And that's how furrows develop on trees. Oh, cool. Yeah, because okay. if it's one inch in this year, the next year it has to be one and a quarter inch and so on and so forth. I see. So it ends up just ripping itself apart like an insect pulling out of its exo- exoskeleton. Yeah. So some trees will hold on to their bark for a really long time, like Douglas firs and giant sequoias. Other trees will not hold on to it at all, and it peels off, like what you're saying. Mm-hmm. So it's just a physiological thing. And one of the things that I've heard is a lot of plants have developed really smooth bark so that things can't hold on to it, like oh, vines. So certain vines would maybe cling on to the outer bark, and then the next year, the tree puts a new layer of bark on, and then exfoliates the other bark, and it just falls off, wow. and the vine falls with it. Interesting. Yeah, and if the vine gets really heavy, then it just pulls itself off because it rips the bark off. But so other reasons, or other plants like the um, honey locust, it will grow spines out of the bark. So it has dormant buds. And if you scratch it or cause it any kind of ire, Mm -hmm. it will immediately, or within the next year, it'll shoot out a bunch of spines so that you stop messing with it. Whoa. Yeah. So a lot of mesquites do that. Um, Acacia trees and um, related species down in Africa, for instance. Um, If you bite into the leaves, then they'll send out sharp spines on that twig the next year. Interesting. It's like thorns, but uh, just reactionary. Exactly. Yeah. And so awesome. So that tree does that on the bark itself or on old twigs or something, wherever it gets wounded. Yeah. Um, But other times they would develop big bark to help protect them during really cold periods, you know, Mm -hmm. things like that. Um, But also some bark just develops. It's one of those things where... It just so happens that the tree uh, started developing and the taller trees ended up having this other gene that had, you know, bigger bark or bark that did this or did that, you know. And so it could be that it developed specifically like the fire resistant plants. I see. Yeah. Those are those developed over years where the only trees that didn't burn up in a fire were the ones that ended up having this attribute yes okay so on and so forth millions of years later that's what we see i gotcha hundreds of thousands of years later maybe um so in a lot of time or in a lot of cases um the tree's bark is a reflection of its habitat other times it just happens to be that tree that has that attribute that's growing in this habitat 
Amazing. Yeah. So in this case, uh, there are some defensive mechanisms for bark. Uh, in other cases, it is just happens to be what it is. Well, thank you very much for your question, Allison Carly. Uh, I hope that answered it relatively. If you have a question for Casey about trees or other such things, or a question for me about music, video editing, etc. <laughs> or other such things. <laughs> email us at arbitrarypod at gmail.com. Follow mm-hmm. us on Instagram for more arbitrarypod goodness at arbitrarypod. That's right. And if you want to get a sticker once a month ad infinitum feel free to join our patreon we have a couple different tiers if you want to get involved you want to help support the show we would love it however we're still going to put this out for free hell yeah we are that's what i'm talking about thanks for listening everybody bye everyone goodbye completely arbitrary is produced by alex croson and casey clapp our production consultant is olivia frankie our artwork is by jillian barthold and our music is by the mini vandals thanks for listening Thank you.